problem with bachelor parties, like if you live in New York City or you live in like a cool place, you go out. And what happens with bachelor parties, right. you get you get one or two of those assholes that got married when they were 22, and they live in the suburbs, <laughs> and they legitimately look at this as like the hangover. Right. And you're like, I'm not interested, <laughs> bro. I go to bed at 10. Yeah. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. Today, we're going back to our roots. Just me and Amit uh, talking politics and him losing. That's not what we're doing, but we're going to the source. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love that everything's competitive. <laughs> you know what the funniest thing is? I'm I'm the worst type of competitor because I'm fake competitive. Right. I like to just say I'm gonna kick your ass, but that very rarely care. happens. I don't even care if I win. I just I like being but competitive. But then you get to spike the football if you do win. You're like, oh yeah. I'm looking at food too. Yeah. Oh, food. All right, hold on. Oh my god, I'm stuffed. I'm fucking stuffed. That's so like a brick. Yeah. We can get like four falafels in it, you know? Yeah. Very good. Shall we continue? We should continue. As I chew. No, you can finish chewing. No. People have missed this. I don't think so. My um. I have not missed watching you chew like horse, a like uh, chewing into the yeah, microphone. Chew like a horse. <laughs> now you don't find yourself to be a competitive human. I'm not. I'm so not competitive. I think actually competition is like the enemy of human life. Really? Yep. That's Honestly. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, no, it's not. Or, or at least competition with the You're sort of crazy. with the reward punishment regime that comes with it. Well, I, which people will say, well, you need that to incentivize good competition. So I, I don't know about so, the punishment part. I, I was never punished at losing. I just didn't win. Well, lots of people are punished if they fail out of school. If they like, there's lot. I mean, grades. That's com- competition. It's down. It comes down to competition. Where you rank within a class, right? The whole thing. So you're kind of marked. I see. I mean, I do this all the time. I hate grading. I hate grading because grading stinks. Just like the act of grading is Uh annoying. Um, But I hate grading even more on a much deeper level because of what it represents, uh, which is kind of tagging and marking human beings as being ranked as better. So how would you do it? I, I would do in my world. I would just have sort of narrative descriptions, not a ranking. Like of Tony a excels in the arts, but he right. really lacks but the he mathematics know what a skills. Comma is. Right. His <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. grammar, spelling, math, and science <laughs> right. are below. Right, but he's very personable. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> no, I'm gonna take the D, no, <laughs> and then I blame it on the teacher. <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't want you describing. Yeah, see, my see it, it creates a terrible system, right? Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm anti competition. Wow. As it is right now. Yeah, you never you never really won anything that I remember. Makes sense. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm just bitter. <laughs> it's just my my entire outlook is based on um sour grapes. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 never made for the you me, you never had the likings to be a varsity athlete. Name that show. Don't you remember the Sopranos? That's what Uncle Junior oh, used to no say way. to Tony Soprano. <laughs> That was like his big diss for Tony Soprano. He never had that, to make it as a varsity athlete. That's a very deep and it reference. it like killed there. Tony Soprano. It's only because I just started re-watching The Sopranos. Not which, by show. the way, one, I haven't watched it. You know, I watched it in real time, right. the whole thing. And it was like, obviously, epic. 
It was epic for everybody, but especially Italians. And now I'm watching it, and it's like... Italians in New Jersey? Not only is it like unbelievably directed, it's like artsy and weird, and there's all these fucking dream sequences and like fantasies. It's like very Twin Peaky. It's very creepy at times. 100%. And then on top of it, there's an element of comedy where I'm laughing out loud at at least once an episode. Like I, It's so complex, the show. I mean, I'm not breaking a story here. I'm just right. saying I watched it when I was in my early 20s. Now I am in my late 30s. Right. And it's just completely different. And I just have such an appreciation for it. And I'm going to continue watching it. Watch it again when you're 50. No, nah, I think this is it. <laughs> you're done. Yeah, you're done. Right. Yeah. It was really good. Jill Twice. Imagine. Speaking of creepy. Um, here we go. Bill O'Reilly. What about Bill O'Reilly? <sighs> I was shocked by that. I was shocked that he got canned. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think there's a couple things in the conservative. I mean, you're in, you're in the TV world. How would how, how he he's their biggest moneymaker? Yeah, right. So, right. What's going on here? So, do the math. What do you think's going on? This is the, easy. The lawsuit payouts were greater no, than his. No, fuck no, 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 no right? No, he, he pays thirteen, 13 million, million make thirteen million over years. Right? Bl- he he probably makes that a year. Blink of, right? an, eye, blink of an eye. Right. No. Here's what here's what's happened. Here's a real scoop. Ad sales. Brands and people don't want to put their ads up against a guy that's accused this many times of sexual assault. I think they were willing to let the first one go, but this is too many accounts of sexual assault. And now there's like a layer of racism that's come to his sexual Mm -hmm. uh, assaults on some of these women. Mm -hmm. And it's like no longer can they sweep it under the rug as like one person, which that poor girl years ago that sued him for all the money, it was like, she, you know, she they acted like she lured. Like she was, she right. was not the victim. It was right. like she lured him in and then sued Fox. And I was like, no, he's right. a fucking scumbag. And now nobody wants to buy ads. So it's just a money. It's just a numbers game. They're, they, the payoff's not going to be big enough to keep him there. So they get to can him and look like they did the right thing. But if they got an order, if all the advertisers called today and were like, we're stand, staying with them, they wouldn't get rid of his so ass. it's completely just bean counters. Right? Of it's course. Just, just, just accounts. Sean Hannity's still yeah. got a show. He's right. the worst. Yeah, but he has yet to be accused in the way that like Roger Ailes and... and no, and, for sure. Right? I just think they're right. experiencing a big shakeup because these dirty white men are total fucking scumbags. And... Um, this one is just not going to be a moneymaker for them. And I think the Roger Rails, they're already dealing with that. And on top of it now, one of their hit guys, it's just, it's too much. And I think it's a, it's a long game play where they don't want the advertisers to go away completely. Right. They want to do right by them and they'll replace him with some other nutcase that'll get famous overnight. And that's just the, the cycle of conservative talk. I mean, the liberals are just as bad. They just, there's just not as many weird sexual allegations. It's just all bullshit spin. But right. these guys are right. My God. Oh my God. I mean, they're it's, at another level. It's like violent. It's like really bad. Yeah. The only good thing born of Bill O'Reilly was Stephen Colbert. <laughs> That's Absolutely. the only silver lining. It was a pretty good silver lining. Absolutely. You know. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad to see him go. My God. No, but hold on. Hold, Glenn Beck, will, he'll be on the blaze in right? two weeks. Right. And so or he, he and the, Tammy Lauren will create their own network. <laughs> well, she, you, that's the funniest shit is like, you see, I'm, I'm clearly friends with a bunch of these crazy conservative wackos and they were posting her. I have cousins posting her O'Reilly. And I was like, they're just posting a new blonde bimbo that's on the blaze. They replace right. her with the next one. And yeah. I don't feel bad for her oh, or no. them. It's just, it's just a, level of disgustingness that 
I, I every time I see one of these videos, I'm just like, who the fuck? I don't even repost liberal people. I don't repost Rachel Maddow. Like I don't. No. It's just it's all too much for me. Rachel Maddow is down the rabbit hole of Russia. She's oh she's God. just like. Did you see that one? It's just there's like a, there's like a I mean, it's video just, of just her going Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but but oh. it's an it's a weird obsession. But I think right? it's I, I think it's that she truly believes there's a big I, thing there, which maybe, but. You got every every investigator Listen, in the country that wants to take Trump down is trying desperately to crack this, and maybe they will. I don't think so. I don't think it's also he's not smart enough. Even if she's <laughs> even if she's doing completely cynically, like okay, this is going to be a good sort of political tactic to just do what the Republicans do, which is just sort of relentless attack, yeah. attack, Benghazi, Benghazi, emails, emails, that sort of thing, right? Just just hit it over and over again. And then just through that sort of punishment, people right. will come to accept, yeah, there must be something going on with Russia and the, then and the election's compromised. I think the problem is that the people she is speaking to don't think like that. No. Right? They're a well, little... Well, some of them do. The Clintonian some, Democrats do. Some of them, yeah, well, some of them some of them are just grasping for Anything that comes out, they're like, right. see? This right. is it. Right, exactly. Russia, but this a, or that. But a lot of, it's just not going to get any traction because no. a lot of people who who would vote Anywhere left of center, are not no are not into it's just and, and they have been before, but just as right now we're in a moment yeah. where they're not total conspiracy theorists. No, where, whereas the right totally is right. The right is the right wing is like chock full of conspiracy theorists. Everything there's you know there's oh like, my god you know half of our you know judiciary are actually you know sharia lawyers and like you know like you know like all this stuff that's believed is yeah. is, is completely out of whack but it's i don't know she's it's like she didn't even know her audience i don't know if i were in charge of the liberal news giant my tactic because let's be real it's not it's not like unbiased journalism i mean it's completely to take sure down. It would be let's stop chasing these big swings, which probably aren't going to turn into anything for a while. And I'd be I'd be boots on the ground in in Kentucky and in Michigan, and I'd be covering Flint, and I'd be saying when's this going to get fixed? When's this going to get fixed? Why are these bridges falling down? And those are the stories I'd be covering that would lose him the election because right. Russia's not losing him the election. No, he'll get no. out of that one. He'll say it's right. all fake, blah, blah blah. But seeing people in Flint that can't drink water. That would put real pressure on them to address the real situations, which are, yeah, jobs. Right, right. No, the the so-called <laughs> jobs present, no new jobs yeah, in West. You Virginia, don't hear anything right? about right? it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I think you're 100 percent right. Okay. First topic. Let's let's go to it. Um, Turkey. You guys yeah. been following this? Um, I've been slightly following this. Okay. Okay. You can give us the. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna quick pitch. Yeah. yeah contextualize. And then I'll, and I'll make an opinion up immediately. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. This guy um, Erdogan, who's effectively been in power for quite some time now. Yeah. You know, well, well over ten years. Um, he's emerging from this late 1960s movement in in Turkey um, that is Islamist, right? Which which basically is a rejection of some of the founding elements of the modern state. So 
very quickly, the modern state of Turkey is born out of World War One, out of the Ottoman Empire, right? right. It's kind of like the rump state of the Ottoman Empire. And when Ataturk, Kamal Ataturk, created the state, he was like super secular. He, he, his whole thing was the way we're going to survive uh, because the Ottoman Empire got destroyed, the way we're going to survive is we're going to sort of mimic the West in various ways. So right. we're going to sort of... Uh, uh, develop ourselves, but from a, def as a defensive posture from the West, right? We'll be ourselves, but we're going to like take some of their technology and stuff like that. One thing is like major thing is secularism, right? Separation of church and state. The 1960s is pushed back against that. And what comes out of that is this movement that comes to be a party called the Justice and Development Party, the AKP, which okay. he's the head of it, right? Mm -hmm. This Erdogan. Um, so long story short, Erdogan wants to basically completely refashion the state that Ataturk had created, which is secular. And so in 2011, he, he, you know, he, he demanded that a committee be set up to write a new constitution. And he said, within a year, there's going to be a new, new constitution. Didn't happen. 2013, um, there's basically a deadlock. There's sort of different visions. And so then he says, forget it. AKP has got a constitution, you know, uh, on, on our back shelf. We're just going to pull it out, bring it to the parliament. It doesn't pass parliament. It needs a supermajority to pass parliament. So this is his last thing. Okay, I, could, I couldn't get the people to do it together. I couldn't get it passed in parliament. Now, referendum vote. Right. And he wins the referendum vote. And a couple of things. Um, this is the guy who there was a... A potential coup, or a, a, a botched coup. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, remember we talked about that before, right? That right. there's all sorts of weird sort of elements around that, but 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 yeah, that that that's certainly the case. And there's not as if there's hasn't been problems in Turkey. Um, there's been obviously coming from both sides, but there's been some terrorism that 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 has occurred in Istanbul, bombings and stuff like that. On the other side, the AKP. You know, they control the state. They ha they are a very massively repressive state right now. They're like basically a police state. Um, journalism there is basically dead. Wow. You've got about 150 journalists locked up um, for writing stuff. In some cases, it was just critical of like government ministers. You know that like a critique of right. a speech gets can get you locked up. It's it's there. You know, there's basically no free press there. And I'm going to talk about what that means in a second. Um, so they have a referendum. So they have the referendum. He wins the referendum. Right. Kind of, you know, it's a nail biter, but he wins. So what does it mean? There's no more prime minister. All right. So the prime minister had a good deal of power because he was the head of the parliament and could sort of push back a little bit um, against the president. So now that entire position is going to be gone. And there's going to be one to three vice presidents that he's going to help appoint. Right. <laughs> so, you know, some, you know, yes men. The president is, and he's a president. Um, is going to get to appoint senior judges. He's going to be able to be able to enact some laws by decree. He's going to be able to declare a state of an emergency, which means you can suspend the laws um, and you know impose martial law or whatever you like. And only the president is allowed to uh, lift that state, right? That state of emergency. Um, and then he also has the ability to at will dissolve parliament. Mm -hmm. Add that to the repression of the press. That's like the makings of a dictatorship. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so they're like all I'm of fucking those shit up, and you can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you can't talk about it. New laws, can you sort of just come off the lips of him, and then it becomes law. You know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so that's the situation, <laughs> and our president yeah. called him to congratulate him <laughs> yeah. on on a Hilarious. job well done for winning that referendum Hilarious. vote. Right. Um, 
So there's a couple things that, that come up here. Turkey has been trying to get into the European Union for some time. Um, there's a whole other issue, uh, whether the European Union is going to be a thing for much longer. Um, but, and the argument had always been, it was sort of a, kind of a closeted argument, but it was basically like the implied argument that, you know, Turkey is too different from Europe. Um, Nicolas Sarkozy, or the former French president, sort of summed it up. And I think it was like people attacked him for it, but it was really this very European view that, you know, they're great people, the Turks, but they're not Europeans, right? That, that you know, they're Muslims, they're a little bit different. Um, they got a different way of running things. They're kind of repressive in their government. Um, they've got that sort of oriental despotism, you know, that element right. of them. And, uh, you know, we like them, but they're not European, right? Meanwhile, you know, Ottoman Empire, of course, was like Southern Europe from the 16th century until the 20th. Um, but, but anyway, um, the larger question is like, were they kind of right? I mean, was this, is, is this, should Turkey be integrated? Um, would that be a good thing? Um, or should Turkey, as it's becoming maybe a dictatorship, should it be diplomatically isolated? Like there's this, by the way, is not. I think many people are like, oh, who cares? Like, okay, Turkey. I don't right. really think about it. No, uh, I like what, Turkey. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a key NATO ally. Right. Right. We've got you know, you know, part of the whole Cuban Missile Crisis was also about Turkey. Right. So so. Um, Did not know that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This. Khrushchev is like, oh, you're going to put missiles pointed at us in Turkey? We're going to go to Cuba. Right. Uh, so, so I don't know. What What are your thoughts on the whole whole shebang? Um, <sighs> fuck, Ahmed, I don't know. Oh, this, this, this is a tough one, man. Like, you don't ever want to support a regime that's clearly moving into a a, a dictatorship and. And and clearly the the power is too much. It's not. It's moving away from what we consider, at least the West, as a healthy government. Uh, but then again, or some in the West, some in the West. <laughs> I mean, in the e, in the EU, are there are? I mean, most all of them are democracies of some sort, right? There's no other dictatorship. You know, this is, is this, there? Is, this is the not not in this way, and and technically, there's no dictatorship in in. Um, Who would be the closest? Turkey. Well. Hungary and Poland are leaning towards very authoritarian right. forms of government, right? right? Um, a lot of people locked up for, you know, a lot of political prisoners and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so in this weird way that they're technically democracies, but they're doing things that are kind of like Soviet style, yeah. which is like picking up, uh, you know, locking up dissidents. Um, so Ugh, it's weird, dude. I don't know. I mean, we have fucking President Trump. You know, it's like we're 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 kind of losing credibility weighing in on this. I mean, I'll weigh in on it. I think it's terrible. I I, I wouldn't want him in the EU if I were France or um, you know Germany. I I wouldn't want it. I mean, it's like everything you're we we seem to be against. But there's just this weird movement movement in the world with all these fucking weird nationalists and these people that like want to be controlled. It's so odd to me. That this kind of shit passes. I think that's the frightening part. Right, right. Like, that's the weird thing is that people are voting to perhaps be able to never vote again. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, like there's, there's a weird paradox there that that I I mean it's paradox, so it's not resolvable. But I, I don't I don't I don't understand it. That's at all. the concerning part is yeah. how the fuck that's happening. So essentially, what we're saying, what we're assuming is that this guy's not going anywhere anytime soon if this happens. 
Yeah, and, and so, it's just and if, if because the referendum passed, is it locked or is there? Still well, so a, to the credit of the opposition, they're fighting it tooth and nail. They're saying that the referendum, there's all sorts of uh, problems with the actual yeah. voting procedures. Yeah. That so they're basically arguing that it was rigged in some way and probably. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility right. considering the situation. Um, it's also very within the realm of possibility that people would would vote this way, <laughs> scarily enough that people yeah. would vote away their ability to vote. Um, All right, so let's right now. Are you if you're in, if you're in in the EU and you have a vote, are you voting them in or out? Oh, I would definitely not include them right now. You just can't support this kind of behavior. No, no. Um, That's what I lean if, towards. If the if the EU at its best, and it's certainly not at its best, and it's never really been like what it could be or what it hoped to be maybe. Um, but at its best, it's supposed to sort of embrace a number of, you know, basically open liberal democratic values. Right. Right. Um, and with the idea that that would forestall any tensions between states and there would never be another you know, pan-European war, right? So that's yep. that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, it should be preserved. Um, so I I don't think it's a it's it's a good idea. Um, I also don't think uh, the previous critique of Turkey was a good one either. Right, right, right. right? That that oh they're too different. Right. right? I mean that is sort of preposterous. Um, but one thing that I think for me that comes up out of all of this, which actually gives me hope for us in America, is that. You know, a lot of this started in Turkey with Erdogan sort of gaining and seizing power and repressing others by suppressing the press itself. Right. Right. That journalists um, have been under the gun for a while. Um, and they've basically been able to sort of muffle the voices of the various communities mm -hmm. uh, in Turkey. And so I'm going to ask you a question that I think I think your answer to this is going to sort of uh, go to my point. So two years ago, there was a major Don't set me up. Buddy. No, no, and it's not just you. No, no, I, I'm using right, you as, as just like an example because I think most people. All right, let's uh, go. This will go with most people, and that's the power of of uh, Erdogan to be able to sort of repress Bring this. It. All right. So two years ago, uh, yeah. 2015, there was an important 100 year anniversary um, for for Turkey. Yep. Um, that didn't really get much play. Um, yep. Around the world. Um, you know what that might have been? So 1915 to 2015? Their independence? No, the Armenian Genocide. Oh. Right? So the Armenian Genocide, the first genocide of the 20th century, it's illegal to call it that in Turkey. You get locked up if you call it that in Turkey. Got it. Um, and on the 100th anniversary, which is a very big deal. You can only imagine if the 100th anniversary of the Holocaust, yeah, it would be deal. a worldwide, and as there should be, a focus on, on this crime, of right? Um, and so with the Armenian genocide, which by the way, between one, at least 1 million, if not 1.5 million people were killed within a year. Damn. Um, 1915 to 1916, um, by the then Ottoman Turkish army, uh -huh. um, the way Erdogan spun it was that he made that commemoration the same day as the, the hundred-year commemoration of the Battle of Gallipoli, where the Turks defeated the British. Right, um, <laughs> and so, so, so it was completely, you know, absorbed uh, by this very, you know, 
patriotic, you know, and by the way, the guy who led that battle of Gallipoli is a guy named Kamal, uh, pa- uh, uh, Kamal Pasha, or not Kamal Pasha, I forget his last name. What is his last name? Kamal Ataturk is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the, the founder of modern Turkey, right? right. So, so it became this whole, like, um, Mustafa Kamal, sorry, yep. um, uh, was the leader. So this... The fact that that passed by the world, a hundredth right. year anniversary yeah, of this, with, without it, with a whimper, right? right? That shows you how powerful um, <laughs> that ability is of this government to muffle voices, wow. right? And so th- from the other side, from our perspective, I think, hey, you know, our press is problems with the press. They're, you know, they can be gullible or whatever, but I think they're doing pretty well at keeping up a barrage oh my god um, and definitely and and fighting right yeah. and and sort of digging and you know doing and throwing everything that they can so that's good yes. so if anything in terms of comparison yes no, we have no. trump right no, who no. has these instincts and who like congratulates this guy for you know getting what he would only dream of right um but our press is pretty good I don't know. You hear you heard it here first. We our votes are you're not in the EU. Straighten <laughs> up, Turkey. All right, let's get a let's take a break. Where, where are we going? Hold I think you're done slamming back that French fry and that. Beautiful Montauk. Montauk. Montauk, if you're listening, we are ready, willing, and able to uh, (laughs) accept more of your beer. Um, So the uh, next topic is the French election. Yes. Which is in four days. Yes. All right. So the French election, for those who don't know, since 1962, they created this system. The French, by the way, like they love to totally revamp their political system. They're on their fifth republic, you know. Um, So, you know, so that in like, and that's only since 1958. Right. Um, so they create the system where there's two rounds of voting. Yep. Uh, so the first round is going to be April 23rd, and then the next round is going to be May 7th. And the idea behind it is that um, I think there's like some French saying for it is like, you know, the first round you vote with your heart, and then with your, the second round is your head, right? And is that, is that you vote for the people like you really want, you know, you, it's kind of like a primary, right? And you vote for people you really want. The logic want, right? is uh, not crazy. But no, no, it's not. And, and then you see what happens, and then you're like, okay, I got to go yeah. with like the lesser of two evils. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. Right? So theoretically, so that, it makes sense. That's the idea, right? And there's a two week gap in between. So it's nice and fast, and, you know, it's just done. Um, it also would so, motivate the non voters. Right, like if this would have happened here, all the other people that did not vote would have come out. It's possible. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, there's there's eleven. I think there's eleven contenders this time, but you know, there's four front runners. Um, I wonder what the. um, I'd be sorry, not to throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be really interested in looking at the numbers. How many people vote first round, and what the bump is? If there is a bump, do they get, you know. X amount of millions more that come out it's, for the real one. I think it's really dependent on. Um, I think it's pretty good both yeah. both times historically, but there usually is a bump um, when people feel like somebody who, who shouldn't have made it to the second round there. got in. Interesting, and then they have to go out to vote against. Right, um, which which is uh, very much a possibility this time around because the National Front is the front runner. Oh, the kooks. Uh, yeah. The, so the National Front. Um, the Donald Trump. 
They're beyond that. Okay, so they were okay. So the the National Front is created by this guy named John Marie Le Pen, um, who's the father of the current Marine Le Pen, who's who's the presidential candidate. John Marie Le Pen uh, is a guy who you know he was actually the in history he was the youngest uh, MP or or Assembly member in the French National Assembly. He's twenty five years old when he first became an Assembly um, in the nineteen fifties. Then he got out or whatever joined the military because he wanted to go fight in Algeria. There's allegations that he committed torture in Algeria against the Algerians, all this kind of stuff. Um, all sorts of extreme right-wing sympathies. During the 1960s, he was arrested because he had a business of um, recording and selling Hitler speeches. Um, okay. So that was a crime <laughs> in, in French law. Um, and in 1972, he creates this National Front. All right, The National Front, its origins are neo-Nazis, um, sympathizers, and sort of people who are nostalgic uh, and sort of apologetic about uh, Vichy France, which was the collaborationist government with the Nazis. Uh -huh. right? They're all, you know, for these guys are all alive, you know, so they're sort of, you know, they should be rehabilitated. Um, and sort of really austere, hardcore Catholics um, who are against Vatican II, don't, you know, think every mass should be in Latin and so on, right? So um, that's that's what creates, that's, that's the sort of constituent elements of the National Front. The first time he goes out as president, 74, he gets 0.74% of the vote, mm -hmm. of the vote, mm -hmm. right? So nothing, right? He's, he's not on, his daughter now, 40 years later. Yes, she's great. 28%. Yeah. She's got, she's in the number one position. Right. Right. Um, so a couple of things that have come up, which actually are weirdly paralleled with the American election, is that first of all, everybody's in France is talking about it and observers of France are like, oh, this is unprecedented, mm -hmm. historic election, uh, and so on. And I just like to call BS on that, mm -hmm. um, that there's been... Certainly, even with the National Front itself, John Marie Le Pen in 2002 got through to the second round. All right, he made it to the second round already right. in 2002. Right. So we've already been here, by the way. Right, we've already been here. That oh my god, the National Front might. Make I thought the there was round. a vote, and right. she didn't make it. No, 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 no. Wasn't there votes in January in France of some sort, of like their version of primaries? Oh, so those that was there, right? Those she lost. Those are for. Um, being members of the French National Assembly. Got it. Right? So that's not for the presidential, that's for gotcha. the parliament. Okay. Yeah. She had lost yeah. that one because yes. there was this big right. people right. were really pumped about right. it. Right, right, right. So but there's that's the interesting thing is that you can you can lose on the regional level, but on the national level. Yeah. For and sure. this is a bigger thing. I, I and and you know big sort of theme right now is nationalism, like these nationalist parties. It's real. Which I think I, I don't know. I, I don't know from my perspective, I always feel weird using that term because, like, we're all kind of nationalist because we live in nation states and, like, that's kind of like the world we live in. But I guess what they're talking about with nationalism. They're talking is, about the people that are like, don't let anybody well, in. Well, it's like an kick e everybody e out. Ethno nationalism. Yeah. Right. Ethno -nationalism. It's, like, it's like a sort of an idea of a certain. Yeah. That's a better a core, way to put it. A core of people who are authentic and so yes, on. Yes. Right? Somehow, yeah. somehow yeah. it's your yeah, fucking. Real Atlantic. Americans, yeah, real, real Frenchmen, that kind of thing, right? It's psychotic. Um, and normally white. Yeah, yeah. And I mean you get that in other places too, right? You get you get that sort of ethnic chauvinism in other places too. But but certainly right now, Europe yeah, Mary, yeah it's definitely it's that super, super white. Um one thing that I think that might 
I don't know. It's it's just like an instinct that I've or intuition. I don't know what what you want to call it, but but it seems like this whole rise of ethno nationalism is coming because a lot of places are actually really divided. Yeah, you know that it's in moments where there are deep political divisions, um, deep and competing visions for what a good future looks like. Right. Um, where nationalism, which is a call for unity, uh, is a usable and effective strategy yeah. to get a coalition together, right? Because people are so divided, like, oh, no, national unity, right? Uh, and then that, that national unity all often means, you know, as soon as you have this inclusion, you have the exclusion too, right? So yeah. that, like, we're going to, you know, we're France, whatever. Um, by the way, this is what we're not. And right now, it's very similar to the U.S. It's anti-immigrant and anti-Islam. Yeah, and that's been the, the the sort of the bread and butter. Well, and the media jumps on the, the the radical Islamic attacks, and that they concentrate on those. And unfortunately, there's been some in France recently. There's been some here recently, and so they turn they turn people's attention to that and make it seem like it's a lot worse than it is. And people are just falling for it left and right, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with terrorism. You don't actually have to a lot of kill a lot of people, and that's not to minimize, right. you know, the people who have been killed. And there's been a few, um, you know, Bataclan and so on, right? So th those are terrible things. Um, but the real point of terrorism is to like just have terror in the air. Yeah, it's working. Terror, you know, like everyday life. Everyday life is affected, yeah, right? Working. Because you're just looking over your shoulder or whatever, um, and. So I get I get why people would maybe gravitate because they're afraid. And, I get you know, why and so people on, in the right? United States would do it because here we don't really take care of the poor. But I've been to fucking Europe and they don't work over there. <laughs> I mean, these people are going home at four o'clock. They're drinking they're drinking booze at two o'clock for three hour lunches. So it's not that bad there. Well, here, okay. All right. oh my god, <laughs> there is a different idea of what. The working week is, by the way. So we're going to talk about uh, this guy, John Luc Mélenchon, as well, who's who's kind of like the Bernie Sanders figure um, yeah. in France right now, yeah. who's calling for a reduction of the work week to thirty-four hours. It's I love him. 30, Thirty-seven right now. It's obviously that's what people should be fighting for. Intolerable, um, but um, they do not work there. It's amazing. <laughs> actually, you know, the interesting thing is that they work less, but they are actually more productive than the. I Brits. never said they weren't productive. Yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah. that's that's what I all believe this, it. That they're for hours worked, they have higher productivity than most it. of their neighbors. A four day work we, week, I would I get so much more done when I have off on like a Friday or Monday. Yeah, okay. because you're 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 less right. burnt you're out. Rested. You're not miserable. You're rested, right? But they don't work that much. So, but okay. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's another problem though, which is. For decades now, um, and, and despite you know people who say, "Oh, they're like basically a socialist society and so on," they're a capitalist society, and there is a fairly decent <laughs> amount of people who are poor um, who can't find jobs. Right, right. And this is what John Marie Le Pen in the 1980s was so good. At. He 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 rose to power and 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 got you know broke the threshold of votes with his anti-immigrant campaign in the 19, early 1980s. And his slogan back then was um, 2 million unemployed, 2 million immigrants, right? You know, you do the math sort of thing. You know, like that's <laughs> the implication, right? Pretty good. Um, and by the way, he was writing books back then with the titles um, France is Back, um, right. 
the French first. Right. Of um, so, you know, all this sort of like, oh, we never heard this before. This is all we've seen this before, right? Yep. Um, but the big problem is that you do have an un- unemployed community uh, that feels much in the same way that many people who voted against Hillary Clinton, right. that these liberals who are supposed to be for the working class, they're supposed to be for everybody, they're supposed to be for the common man and so on, they don't care about us, right? They don't care about us at all. Right. And they don't even visit us, you know, they don't, they, they don't even, they just expect us right. to vote for them uh, because they call themselves the Socialist Party, right? right? In France, they call themselves they're the Socialist Party, um, which, by the way, has almost no shot of winning this year. Um, so, so they go, you know, they go to the front. That's because these people, every politician, whoever gets in, promises jobs are going to come back. When what you need is someone to just sit these people down and say, I got some news for you. They're not coming back. And if immigrants are taking your jobs, chances are you're not that good at anything. And that's the reality of it, is that we cater to the lowest common denominator. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to just make a caveat that there are people that are racially, racially uh, repressed and and living in a place where I think a lot of that plays into it. There's sexism. But there's a level of people in this country that are just uneducated. They're not that good at anything. And where they live, there's just nothing there. And that's for a reason. It's not coming back. It's gone. And technology is slowly replacing the lowest common denominator of a worker. So really, what we need to do is figure out a new system, which is some sort of a welfare plan that gets these people some sort of a basic income, which is, it's just the inevitable. And someone's got to start that charge because they're not hireable. There's nothing for them to do. That's it. And they could keep sabotaging and voting for the guy and the girl that promised this or promised that, but it's just it just shows how ignorant they are. Is that it, that you've been getting promised this since before you were born, and nothing's coming back. It's slowly deteriorating further and further. And at some point, we're gonna just have to be honest with these people and just figure out a new system. Wow, that's it. Can you imagine the? I don't know. Maybe someone just needs to say it. Like, maybe I'll run for president. I'm never going to win. But I just want one shot to be on the stage and just say, guys, it's not coming back. So Stop bitching. Stop bitching in the fucking mirror. And start voting for people that have your stupid fucking interest in play, which are, we're going to get you a basic income. You're going to live here. We're going to give you free college so that the next generation can get educated and potentially not have to accept the basic level of income. That's just the reality of the place we live. And if you want the greatness and the and the dreams of being a fucking mega billionaire, that comes with this system. It doesn't come with whining because you can't go down to the coal mine anymore. And I'm telling you, I have sympathy for these people, but I'm overhearing about it. I don't want to use coal. I I use coal for my grill. That's about it. And I don't even actually have a gas grill. I'm lying. <laughs> like we don't need it. We don't need we don't need coal. Go away. <laughs> Do something else. <laughs> Our lights are based on coal. Well, let's uh, get off of that too. This is know. fun kicking your ass again. It's been yeah, like so yeah. long. Let's have a let's I'll have another competition. Yeah, no um, rebuttal for my platform. The Bianca Casino plan. I have a big rebuttal, but I'm keeping. Could uh, you imagine? I'd get we're creamed. over time. Could you imagine how creamed I'd get on one of those stages? <laughs> I'd be I'd be backpedaling and just say no. I'm kidding. What I meant by you mean you're kidding? <laughs> you're in a presidential debate. I was joking. I love those fucking coal miners. Um, all right. Well, we'll. Uh, um, it was fun talking to you again. Yeah. 
I'm I'm gonna make a prediction here Ooh. that Marine Le Pen is definitely going into the the second round here. That, okay, that's, I'm gonna make a bigger happening. prediction. She may do that, but she's not going to ultimately win the election. Hmm. Not happening. You don't think so? I only know that because I was in Paris this year, and uh, it just felt like people were not into her. The way and Paris honestly, goes is not the way France goes, unfortunately. No, I know, anymore. but you yeah. know, there was just a. I I actually think. Sorry, we we're, we can't get another topic, but I'll say this. I think that the rest of the world is looking at us embarrassed for us, and I, and I think that's going to actually work against these uh, nationalists in these other countries, especially the European ones. That's okay. what I think. Okay. I hope you're right. You know, it sucks having to make excuses when you're in another country going, I know, I know I'm embarrassed. So it's, it's just annoying. Yeah. yeah. No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by G. Baderoy. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.